0: Washington Nationals second baseman Luis Garcia kind of gets lost in the shuffle at times when you have guys like CJ Abrams, Key Ruiz, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, but I'm going to tell you why you should not be sleeping on that sleeping giant. You are locked on Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host of Locked On Nationals, Ryan Clary, and this is a podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every day. And as we get started, today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, always guaranteed with my friends over on Game Time. And as we were saying, Luis Garcia kind of gets lost in the shuffle as far as this Nationals rebuild goes. And you may be asking, well, why is that? Why are some people just kind of sleeping on Luis Garcia? Because he is someone who has been productive over his few years in the major leagues. But now... He started on opening day. He's going to play 162 games. He will never be out of this lineup because of what he can be. And at glimpses, you do see some brilliance, just even in the fielding aspect over at second base. We saw him last year at shortstop, which was the way he was developed. He was not really a plus defensive fielder, you could say, especially up in the major leagues. That is no question asked. But over at second base, there is some real desired points to where I like Luis Garcia at that second base spot. That is a plus glove and also not even to mention a plus arm. But here's the thing that I can separate him from the pack, and it's his hitting ability. Now, just looking at the numbers, you may not think Luis Garcia is having a good year, which, yeah. You're probably right. Only batting 234 right now with a 643 OPS when he's got a career average of a 688 OPS, a 263 batting average, but also his slugging and his on base is down. But again, kind of like the theme of yesterday's show, there are some deeper analytics that do think otherwise when it comes to Luis Garcia. And in that instance, Last year, Luis Garcia was not taking the walks that we wanted him to see. And this year, he still is kind of that same guy to where he's only in the 15th percentile over on baseball 7th across Major League Baseball. Now, that's not good. That is not good. But it's beyond that for me because I do like my second baseman. You know, let me take a step back here. Second base is not a offensive priority position. It's kind of a value to have someone like the Nationals did back in 2017 and 18 with Daniel Murphy, or even 2016, 17, and 18 with Daniel Murphy. He was the Nationals' best hitter in my mind over those few years, even considering Bryce Harper. Daniel Murphy was that guy, even over Anthony Rendon and Trey Turner. That's just my opinion. But he played a valuable second base over there to where you have a position to where it's viewed across Major League Baseball as kind of one that it doesn't really matter, right? That's what people think, and that's what people tend to believe in, that you don't really need a second baseman that's going to be hitting for power or getting extra base hits. You kind of look at him as someone who's going to be batting eighth in your lineup and who's going to be playing a solid defensive second base, someone who could steal bases even. But Luis Garcia is kind of a different animal, and the numbers by itself, just sitting on the surface looking at batting average, on-base percentage, and slugging may dictate that this guy, Luis Garcia, hasn't been so good so far in 2023. But again, I like to look deeper into the analytics because I think the deeper you go is the more wide story that you get to see the full story. It's not just one chapter of it. It really opens up the sea and you get to see everything in that category. So when looking at these deep dive analytics with Luis Garcia, again, I told you about his percentile with his base on balls. It's not good sitting in the 15th percentile across Major League Baseball. But I also talk about Other things, other than walk percentages and percentiles. And I still think, sitting here in 2023, not striking out is of value across Major League Baseball. Putting the ball in play is so important. It's still so important to me. Because you don't know when or what could happen. And I seriously mean that. You may be asking, what does that even mean? You're not making sense. Well, for example, let's use the Nationals defense. Bases loaded, runners on second and third even. C.J. Abrams boots a ball and guess what? A runner scores. Some people may say, well, yeah, a strikeout and a ground out, no big deal, right? Well, not really. In those situations, that can happen way more often than a dropped third strike does. Or even a pass ball in my mind. Instances like that proves that striking out is still a valuable stat to look at. And Luis Garcia is very elite when it comes to putting the ball in play. He is sitting right now in the 98th percentile as far as strikeout percentage goes, again, across Major League Baseball. He is one of the best in the business as far as, as it goes when it's not when he's not striking out. And that is something to where he has proven to us time and time again that this is his value, that this is something that he can be moving forward. And then even looking beyond those numbers and adding into this, putting the ball into play, his whiff percentage is in the 99th percentile amongst the top hitters in Major League Baseball. His outs above average is 88th percentile in all of baseball. Now, you may ask, well, Ryan, why aren't these translating into hits? What is going on with Luis Garcia to where it hasn't really translated into what we want yet? It's a great question. And here's my answer. Is that he hasn't really been able to barrel up a ball yet as he sits in that 42nd percentile as far as barrel percentage goes. Now, again, some people may just think this is a word salad that i don't i'm not here for the analytics but i'm here to tell you that this is math and math ain't lying it never has lied and it never will lie these are real numbers that are broken down that are talked about and some people just may not simply understand it but i feel like dumbing it down for you guys cuz i'm you know i'm pretty good at dumbing things down i can say that that this barrel percentage for Luis Garcia, has kind of been able to hinder of what he could be, meaning that he's not getting the full barrel on a baseball. He's not getting the sweet spot. And that, at some point, is going to be fixed. But here's the good thing about Luis Garcia, is one, moving over to second base, you don't have to worry about his defense anymore. Simply, you just do not have to worry about that. Also, I think over the few years, I think Luis Garcia has proven that he is durable and he's healthy most of the time. time. Now, of course, when I say that in a week later, he's going to hurt his hamstring. Then, yeah, I'm, I'm an idiot. But over the four years in Major League Baseball so far, Luis Garcia has been healthy. And again, he's only 22 years old. 22 years old. Think about that for a second. There are guys in the minor leagues, like a Jackson Rutledge, who are about 23 years old at this point. First round picks, Mason Denneberg. Guys like that are his age, sitting in double A. Luis Garcia made his debut at the ripe age of 19 years old. Or 20 years old, actually. He literally just turned 20 years old a few days before that. Luis Garcia is no joke when it comes to a prospect. and again. This was someone who was a top 100 prospect at one point in time. I just think people get lost with guys like C.J. Abrams or Bet Ruiz, the flashy big-name prospects, the former top 10 picks. And Luis Garcia kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And yes, the numbers, the slugging, the on-base percentage, and all of that is not what you want it to be. But I also think these deeper metrics get to show you the real story of what it is. Because you can look at a batting average and say, ah, this guy's not hitting. Well, in fact, he's not striking out at all. This guy puts the ball in play, and I will take that any day of the week over a strikeout. Any day of the week. Some people might say, well, his exit velocity is down. Yeah, you're right. He's only in the 42nd percentile for that. But is that really what we expect from a second baseman? We don't need to be have some 80th percentile power bat over at second base. That's not the asking price for that position. But what he can do is he can improve on these things. And he has the tendencies of an everyday second baseman that you want to see down in the major leagues. So that part is super important to me. Absolutely important to me. And some might say that's dumb. Well, guess what? I'm not a bright guy. So I'm beating my own drum at this point. But next, I want to talk about Max Scherzer getting a 10-game suspension. But here's what I'm going to say. New York Mets fans, you're not listening to this podcast probably. But Nationals fans, we know a thing or two about Max Scherzer. What is that thing or two? Max Scherzer likes to use that sticky stuff, allegedly. We're going to get into that. But furthermore, we're going to look deeper into what exactly he was using because I'm not so sure that Max Scherzer deserves his 10-game suspension. I think this is a Major League Baseball issue rather than a Max Scherzer issue, which a lot of people may disagree with. But I'm going to try my best to convince you. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys about our friend's over on Game Time. And guys, here's the thing. You ever go to a game tour, you are having a tough time buying tickets. Yes, of course you are. And here's the thing. My friends at Game Time, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, and they will never be stressful with Game Time. There are killer deals on last-minute tickets, and they're best price guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. For the Beltway Series, I wanted to get a last-minute ticket because I live right down the street from Nationals Park, and here's what I did. I went on Game Time. I got a ticket. I got to even see my view of what the seat exactly will look like, and I picked out my own section for that game, and it was perfect. It's everything that I want for myself and for you wherever you are listening. So here's the thing. Download the Game Time app and create an account and use code LOCKEDONMLB. For $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply again. Create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, always guaranteed. And now we get into Max Scherzer getting a 10 game suspension and a $10,000 fine for allegedly finding some sticky stuff on his hand. And here's the thing about it. We hear sticky stuff. We think spider tack. We think super glue. We think pine tar. Whatever it may be that you think. This is not what Max Scherzer was using, and it's pretty damn obvious from these context clues. Earlier in that game, Max Scherzer, or actually, let's take a step back. Phillies game. 2021, Kevin Long is chirping at Joe Girardi after every inning. He's having Max Scherzer checked in what was the first game to ever actually use that. And the reason why that he was checked is because Scherzer is kind of known to be that guy using Spider Tag. He was kind of the face of that pandemic along with Garrett Cole. Those were the two guys that were like, "Hey, do you see his rotations per second here going down?" all the spin rate, all that stuff going down? Is that really what we want? Is that really just you not using spider tack? Because obviously all these guys refuse to say if they did or or not, but you kind of see it because you see the spin rate, which the sticky stuff is supposed to do. So this is what I did. Earlier in that game a few days ago, Max Scherzer was pitching in, I was looking at his spin rates. His spin rates were dead even the entire game. So earlier in the game, before he was tossed initially, umpires told him to switch his glove and to wash his hands. When they do that, they're saying, like, it's kind of like your warning, like, hey, wash your hands. Like, this is getting a little sticky out here. And then they even asked him to switch his glove, which he then did, I believe. Here's my thing. Allegedly... Max Scherzer did use to use sticky stuff. Well, back in the day, his old glove with the Washington Nationals, which he still has. Last time he was with the Nationals, was he using spider tech? I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. So he had to go to that second glove. What does that second glove hold? I don't know. But that glove was used in 2021. What else was taken away in 2021? Hmm. That's interesting. So, I'm not saying that this is what it is. But it's entirely possible. But now to the bigger picture of this across Major League Baseball. What is the jurisdiction in the checking how sticky your hand can be? That is my issue with this rule. Like, okay, okay. Not using spider tack that can hold a rubber tire to your hand. I understand that. Fine. Get it away. But here's the thing. Is Max Scherzer dumb enough to be using an illegal sticky substance to then be told to wash it off, which he does, and then come back out there with that same sticky stuff? I don't think anyone is dumb enough to do that. In fact, I don't think anyone in Major League Baseball history has done something like that. It is just outright dumb and not smart. So here's the thing. Major League Baseball, you have to start cracking down on your umpires in the way that they rule this. Because at the end of the day, there's no metric to figure out how sticky your hand is or whatever it may be. You're just looking at the palm of someone's hand and just touching it and thinking like, yeah, this is pretty sticky. Like, no, it's not pretty sticky. Jim, can you feel his hand? Is it sticky? That's stupid. And then to throw someone out because of it? How can you even teach someone to feel like, yep, this is too sticky, but this one is not too sticky? What are we doing? So here's my thing, is that when you have a pitcher out there like a Max Scherzer type, probably take the benefit of the doubt saying that he is not using spider tack out there or anything illegal. The way that Max Scherzer was complaining, too, it made me believe that it was just rosin and sweat because that is what pitchers use nowadays, and that is legal. And if this is legal, which Max Scherzer did say that he will be appealing this decision to be suspended 10 games and then a $10,000 fine, which won't hurt his pocket, but whatever, it's still a big deal that you just have someone out there who is legally using a sticky stuff, whether it be the the sweat and the rosin combo or spit. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But he was saying that it was rosin and sweat, which is a common used ingredient, I guess you could say, to keep that ball not slick in your hand. And Major League Baseball has to step in and try to figure out a way to ruin this, which makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to any of us, at least in my opinion. Because when looking at this, from not even a fan of the Mets, obviously. I don't like the Mets. I hate the Mets, in fact. What is the point of it, though? Because you're warning someone once. Someone who is a legend, a lock-in Hall of Famer. And then you're going to say that his hand is too sticky. What are we doing? This part just doesn't make sense to me. That Major League Baseball wants to crack down on this of all things. Someone legally using the substances that they can use, which is rosin, which is placed on the mound there, and sweat. Yeah, guess what? It makes it sticky. That's the point of it. What is the point of having rosin out there if you can't use it to your advantage now? That is the part that makes no sense to me, is that when you're out there on an 85-degree day, guess what? And especially knowing Max Scherzer, it doesn't matter how hot or cold it is. He's going to be sweating, and he's going to be sweating a lot. So the whole point of this is Major League Baseball, relax. It's too much. Have a feel for the game. Have a feel for the moment. It doesn't matter if it's, oh, this is too sticky. If you're seeing some brown substance that looks like spider tack or pine tar, fine. Toss him. We know it's illegal. But it clearly was not in this situation. At least that's what we think up to this point. So Major League Baseball, do better to our guy Max Scherzer. Just ridiculous stuff from Major League Baseball. But before we get into previewing this Minnesota Twins and Washington Nationals series, as it could be a fun little affair between those two teams. And honestly, I kind of really like this Minnesota Twins squad this year. And not a lot of people are talking about them, but I'm going to talk about them and as well as your Washington Nationals. But before we do that, we got to talk about our friends over at Ultimate Baseball. GM And Pro Baseball GM is the coolest game I've played in a long time, and I've always thought I could be a great Major League GM. And as it turns out, it's not that easy. Mike Rizzo, I am sorry because I have now been fired five times from this game, but I am so obsessed with it just because it is my addiction to try to be an everyday GM. Being able to pick your own coaches, to picking your own equipment, to all the things that a general manager in Major League Baseball gets to do and that is the job that you and I get to work on on our free time and it is the best way to do anything in my life I love this game so much and that is why I choose my friends at Ultimate Baseball GM Locked On Nationals listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store so make sure to check it out to download the game just visit probaseballgm.com scan the code or look it up on the app store that's probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. And now we get into previewing the Minnesota Twins-Washington National Series. And in Game 1 tonight, we have Trevor Williams taking the mound against one of the Twins' aces, Tyler molly and here's the thing with trevor williams i've talked a lot about him how i am not thrilled with this offseason and how we signed trevor williams because i've said it i didn't think he was a great starting pitcher you could be making the case right now that he has been our second best starting pitcher but i'm not making that case because i don't believe it but there is a case to be made trevor williams has actually looked Really damn good so far through this 2023 season. And again, it's only been in three starts, but his role is to eat innings. And that is what he has done really well so far for the Nationals. Pitching five plus inning in each of his three starts. He gave up six hits opening day or not opening day, his opening day, which was the what fourth game of the season. And then his second start, where he pitched five and a third, giving up five hits. And then his last start, which was by far and away his best of the season, only giving up four hits and zero earned, or one earned run, rather. My apologies there. Only two strikeouts. He's not striking out a ton, which you know me. I like strikeouts with pitchers. I like someone who can generate their own outs. But it's beyond that with this, because I believe Trevor Williams has actually been a really solid addition for this Washington national staff and sort of like me, some of you may not be thrilled with kind of the Trevor Williams experience because is this guy really going to be someone to help us down the road? No, but he could turn us something into a prospect that does help us down the road, especially if he can pitch in these tight games. But Trevor Williams is going up against a really tough Minnesota twins lineup. With guys like Byron Buxton and Joey Gallo and, of course, Carlos Correa. It is a slept-on lineup. And this Twins team is no joke, in my opinion. In fact, I even think they could be AL Pennant contenders by the end of this year. They've got the starting pitching. They've got the lineup. And then also not even to mention Joey Gallo. If Joey Gallo can turn himself around the way that he kind of has been so far this season, what type of value do the Twins have there? a one-year deal-prove-it kind of contract, that is a steal for them. But also, there's more games this weekend for the Washington Nationals as they take on the Twins. And Saturday, it is a Chad Cool game, which is always a fun watch, right? Eh, kinda. But we also go against Pablo Lopez on Saturday, who was an old friend from the San Diego, not the San Diego Padres, gosh, from the Miami Marlins. And we've seen him time and time again. This is going to be a tough matchup for this Washington national staff who, yeah, he maybe hasn't been the same Pablo Lopez earlier in this career. But also, he's been pretty damn good so far through four starts for the Minnesota Twins, calculating 26 innings so far this year. And also, His strikeouts are at 33. He's averaging a strikeout well over a strikeout per inning up to this point. His batters are down at a 167 average, which his career sits at about a 238 average. And this is why I kind of say with this Minnesota Twins lineup, they can do it both. They can hit, they can play defense, and most importantly, they can pitch, and they can pitch damn well. So this is going to be a very tough series for the Nationals against the Twins. And then on Sunday, guess what? Yay, it's a Patrick Corbin day. No preview there. We don't need to talk about Patrick Corbin on that Sunday. I love the guy, World Series champion 2019. No need to give out keys to a Patrick Corbin start, in my humbled opinion. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I already previewed the weekend for you guys, but on Monday, a very exciting show coming out when we have Savannah McCann talking from Baseball America on these young prospects with the Washington Nationals. We're going to get a deep dive into the farm system, some sleepers, and some heavy-hitting prospects that you will want us to hear about. And also, we're going to get some of the prospects who are on this Major League roster and get some of her opinions on those guys and how they have progressed throughout this season and how she projects them moving forward. So again, thank you for making locked on nationals. Your first listen, go nationals. You'll hear from me on Monday.